This is SR1. All right, everybody, here we go. Today is Sunday, March 26, 2023, and you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. My name is Rob Carter, and you are listening to The Rob Carter Show. How do you win a war when you have no idea that you are in one? That is the position we find ourselves here in America. But I got to tell you, each and every week, the picture becomes more clear. The puzzle pieces start to fit together. Donald Trump, we got to talk about him. So stick around if you want to get into uh, another lecture on what's going on with Donald Trump because the more you put your chips in his pile, the less likely we are to get out of this box. Donald Trump is not the answer. I was a huge fan. Nobody could have supported him more than I did. Uh, But you just got to be realistic to what's going on. I have a great piece from a guy named Greg Reese later on in the show. He details exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, Good reporter, solid information. He and I are starting to get on the same page with just about everything. And I don't really hear a lot of people in the news media talking about what seems to be relatively evident that all of these oligarchies around the world are connected behind the scenes. That includes Russia, the United States, the EU, China, Brazil, Mexico, all of them. What is happening, and it was all done through the lens of COVID, was a mass consolidation of business around the world. The biggest wealth transfer in history was initiated through COVID. And our hero, Donald Trump, there's a guy by the name of Michael Yidon. I've mentioned him on the show many times. He was the chief scientist and VP of allergy and respiratory research at Pfizer. This guy knows the ins and outs of what's going on. He wrote a piece questioning whether COVID even existed. Now, behind the scenes, I have always questioned that, and I have talked about it on the podcast, and I've talked about it on this show. Because what you see starting to develop now What you see starting to develop now is a question of whether there was a lab leak in Wuhan, a lab leak in Ukraine, and or was this COVID-19 virus, this deadly respiratory virus, did it derive from nature? Again, I see a binary choice. Neither one of them are correct, but you need to be positioned to take one side or the other. And when a guy like Robert Redfield former CDC director, and I've told you what I think of him before. He goes way back to the AIDS days. He was ignoring research, trying to get an AIDS vaccine into play all the way back in the 90s. This is a guy that works for the drug cartels. He's not coming out to do anything but play his role. And the role is to keep you divided as to whether it's a lab leak and or from nature, this COVID-19 virus. But I want to go through, before I get into what Michael Yidon said, because he questions all of the same things as I do. Let's just go through COVID-19, then we're going to get into what's going on with the banks, uh, what's going on with Trump, because when you see the whole picture, when you tie these things together, it starts to paint a very clear picture, because the problem we have is there's an intense propaganda campaign going on against the American people, and we're not used to it. You know, we think our news is news. We believe in our system. We believe in freedom. We believe in D.C. We think those are good people up there. They may be a little bit astray. Uh, But they're really Americans, and when it gets right down to it, they are going to fight for freedom. I say that's not true. I think what's going on is global intelligence has compromised and or bought off almost our entire system and all of the systems around the world, not just ours. you got to remember, once you strip the American people of their constitutional rights, 
then the world is ripe for total control and authoritarianism. And that's what's happening. Uh, You can see it quite clearly if you just stay connected. But let's go through COVID-19 before we get into the other things. Let's just walk through what happened with COVID-19. In retrospect, I'm going to try to bring all of these things to your memory so you saw how this all played out. We have talked from the very beginning about Event 201. That was the Johns Hopkins. It was a preparedness campaign for any future pandemic. And it had the Chinese, it had the CIA, it had everybody involved in it. You're saying, why would the CIA, and why would they run these like uh, exercises where they show how the media how to answer questions, uh, how to keep everything on track, how to really sell this pandemic? Why would that be, and why would that happen in October of 2019? Okay, that's number one. Number two, if you remember how this all began, if you were watching social media and you were paying attention to the news when COVID was first announced to the American people, they were showing Chinese citizens falling down in the streets with the implication that COVID-19 was just killing people as they were uh, trying to walk to work, trying to walk to the car. They were just falling down dead. Now, that didn't happen. So immediately, if you have any discernment, you're going, okay, well, why is the Chinese uh, press trying to sell COVID, and why did we pick it up as they sold it? Is there some uh, linkage between the two countries? And of course, now we find out that we were funding research in Wuhan. So just keep that in mind. So you have the event to one, then you have the Chinese propaganda, and you're starting to see a picture of two countries working together to sell a pandemic. Then Tom Hanks came down with COVID, and the whole world was aware because Tom Hanks is such a superstar. He becomes the face of the very beginning of COVID, if you remember. He was, I believe, in Australia when this happened. It was big news. It was all over CNN and Fox News. They were saying, Tom Hanks got COVID, and here we go. Then two weeks to stop the spread happened. We shut down society, and they put up the death scoreboard on all of the channels. So every time you turned on uh, any of the network news stations, the first thing you saw was a scoreboard of the rolling death totals from COVID. I talked many times about the data manipulation because the rolling scoreboard, just if you think about it clearly, is completely ridiculous. Completely and totally ridiculous, but they all did it. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all of the major networks, everybody was selling the fear, 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 fear around COVID. Then it went to, it was the China virus. That that was Donald Trump's position. Uh, We were getting masks from China to put on our faces for a virus that our enemy supposedly leaked in Wuhan. Then we had PCR testing. I've talked about PCR testing on this show many times. The inventor is a guy by the name of Kerry Mullis. Kerry Mullis died right before COVID-19, but he is on record as saying that you cannot test for something Uh, for any virus with the PCR test because the way the test works, the more you amplify it, the easier it is to find anything that you can say is a virus. Whether they're dormant, whether they're dangerous to you at all, doesn't matter. If you amplify this PCR test, you can find anything that you're looking for. And he said that Tony Fauci used the same process to push the AIDS situation. Uh, He was not a fan of Anthony Fauci or anybody in the FDA or CDC. This guy's name was Kerry Mullis. He warned us that PCR testing could be manipulated to get whatever you wanted out of it. Then came the lockdowns. Donald Trump locked down society, apparently on the advice of Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci 
goes way back. Uh, Anthony Fauci is a mouthpiece for the pharmaceutical industry, period, end of sentence. He could care less about you. He's got a job to do, and that is to sell vaccines. Then came the social distancing and the mask mandates. Remember the dots on the floor. All of this is pushing fear. So just the sequence of events that leads you to where we are at today uh, when we tie everything together, you're going to see a very clear picture. So stick with me and just remember how they sold this thing. Then you had Fauci, Burks, and Trump. They did a daily press conference for almost a month. Uh, they restricted the treatments of uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So we, when you went to the hospitals, the protocols now, because of Obamacare and the link between Medicare, Medicaid, and the hospitals, if you don't get that money, uh, very difficult to stay afloat. So you had to change what the doctor saw was working, which was hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. They couldn't use those things because the government came out and said, no, 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 those are no good. That's horse paste. This is all BS. None of this stuff works. And they restricted your ability to get it. And they put you on remdesivir and ventilators. Then the Democrats proclaim that they would not take the Trump vaccine. Uh, They didn't trust Donald Trump. This is during the election. They're not going to take the vaccines. They don't trust Donald Trump. All of that rhetoric was out there then trump has warp speed rolling behind the scenes he passes a 6.2 trillion dollar cares act ushers in mail-in balloting because it's just too dangerous to go vote in person that was all done under donald trump by the way then trump gets covid do you remember that movie scene where he walks to the helicopter outside of the white house and he's all disheveled he doesn't have a tie on he looks like he's he's got the sad face and everybody's oh my god donald trump he's got covid oh no oh no Then he goes to the hospital. He makes this miraculous recovery because of whatever he took. And then he goes up. Remember where he goes up on the balcony of the White House and he's standing there and they've got the lights on him and now he's doing better and he's back at the White House. I mean, you talk about a movie script. When you look back at that, uh, doesn't that seem like massive propaganda where Donald Trump is involved? Because how does the camera know to be fixed there? And how do they know that he's going to come out onto the uh, balcony of the White House? Remember all of all of those scenes. Then Biden wins the election. There's a there's, it's contested, but Biden wins the election. Then Biden comes in and picks up the same scam. Only this time he becomes the mandate guy. He mandates masks and he mandates a federal uh, policy to where federal workers now have to take the vaccines. Then cops, firefighters, pilots, nurses, and almost everybody in the Fortune 500 world is mandated to get vaccinated. By the way, this has a 99-plus percent recovery rate despite the fact that they are withholding effective medication from you. Never did the government say go out and get exercise. Never did the government go out and say make sure you get sunshine on your skin. They wouldn't even let you go to the parks or the beaches. Think of the power they took with this deadly pandemic. Then they started incentivizing shots Remember, you got free donuts if you got the shot. You got free weed if you got the shot. Pay attention to this. This is Bill de Blasio, the former mayor of New York City. He is from Colombia. I believe he's a communist, if I'm being honest with you. But listen to how he tried to sell people, uh, tried to sell the COVID vaccines. He was giving away burgers and fries if you got the vaccine. Check this out. Clip number one. Ready. Go. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? 
you delicious fries. Right, Matt? But there's also a, a burger element to this. Let me let me check with Bill Needhart. Is it too early in the day to eat a burger? No. This could be breakfast? Okay. I want you to look at this and think about, again, some people love hamburgers, some don't. really want to respect all ways of life. But if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. Can you imagine the dopiness of anybody that would buy that campaign and the dopiness of anybody that would sell a campaign like that? It was incredible. That was the mayor of New York City. Then you had the big tech censorship that we're now finding out about. Matt Taibbi, famed reporter, went before Congress and said the FBI and many intelligence agencies were monitoring and suppressing information on Twitter and all of the social media sites were doing the same thing. It wasn't just Twitter. But if you had an opposing narrative to the COVID-19 scam, you were censored. You couldn't get any information out there. All of these doctors were being restricted from even considering or talking about uh, an an alternative narrative. It's just incredible what what went down. Then you had the dancing nurses. And the dancing nurses are interesting because uh, what I believe was going on was the hospitals weren't really full. Some of the hospitals were because they were filtering people into certain hospitals. But why are these nurses with this huge pandemic going on and everybody sick and everybody dying doing TikTok videos in empty hospitals? Ask yourself that question. Then all of the late night hosts, which were all turned over within the last few years right before the pandemic, they are all out there pushing the narrative that COVID-19 is dangerous and that you have to get your vaccines, all of them. Then you had both parties. And as I've said before, you cannot get these parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, to agree that today is Sunday but they were very heavily in favor of getting those vaccines. Both party leaderships, get your vaccine. And then you had the Pope. Even religion was pushing the vaccine. Uh, it just didn't make any sense. So when you look back at that and you recognize it, recognize it for what it is, it was a massive con job. And let's think of all of the things that went down. Remember Boris Johnson got really sick and Donald Trump was going to help him out. Uh, You had the cooperation, obviously, with China from the very beginning with the propaganda campaign with the people falling down in the streets. But when I saw Vladimir Putin give a speech, and it was his his political people right in front of him, and they were all wearing masks, I thought to myself, doesn't... Doesn't that seem odd that everybody, because I've always believed the masks were a symbol. There's been enough uh, peer-reviewed research right now to tell you that these ridiculous cloth masks do nobody any good. If if anything, it causes more harm than good. But Putin has, everybody around him's got masks on. Not Putin, but everybody around him. China, the the UK, the United States, all of the EU, Mexico. Everybody was involved in the mask and COVID game. Because that is global consolidation of power right before your very eyes. I got way more. Stick with us. This is going to be great because I'm going to tie everything together. We'll be right back. Show. The Rob Carter Show. 
right, everybody. Welcome back to the Rob Carter Show. Let me finish up this conversation about COVID-19. I know I beat it up, but again, if you don't understand the magnitude of the crime perpetrated against the American people and all free peoples around the world, then you don't understand what's happening in your world. People must be aware of what is going down. This piece by Michael Yidon is titled, Why I Don't Believe There Ever Was a COVID Virus. And he goes through all of the different angles that don't make any sense. And I've covered them at nauseum. But uh, for example, when the queen and when government leaders from around the world were meeting, they would have masks on for the cameras. And then you would see all kinds of video where they're together, hobnob and shaking hands, and they don't have masks on and they're perfectly fine. And they're not worried about it at all. This is before the vaccines were even rolled out. I mean, people at the time were going, what's going on around here? They're telling us that we need to be vaccinated or we're going to kill grandma. And it's just a big push, warp speed. We're getting the vaccines as fast as we can. And these global leaders are walking around like nothing's going on. It made no sense. It made no sense the, uh, the, the way they manipulated data, the way they used PCR testing to drive up the death numbers. Remember back in the beginning, they said, if you died of anything and tested positive for COVID, it was a COVID death. Well, if the if the tests uh, are, are are not are not uh, reliable, and they give you false positives, which is what the inventor himself said, you could die from a car accident, test positive for COVID, COVID death. Hospitals get money. If you died from stage four cancer but tested positive for COVID, COVID death. Hospitals get money. Hospitals got money for testing you for putting you on remdesivir. They got paid for putting you on a ventilator. They got paid if you died and you put COVID on the death certificate. The hospitals were compensated for driving up COVID numbers. Now, why would that be? Why would that be in retrospect? It doesn't make any sense at all. And the key component to all of this, what his argument is, this Michael Yidon, this Dr. Michael Yidon, again, chief scientist and VP of allergy and respiratory research for Pfizer. So this is a guy who knows the information. And by the way, The person who sent me this piece has a degree in public health. She's got a background in epidemiology. She's from the former Soviet Union, so she understands the propaganda. And she's always trying to funnel me into information so that I can see very clearly that this was a con job from the very beginning. So when you talk about gain of function, this is the premise of his piece. If you get into the argument, whether it was gain of function or from nature, that accepts the premise that there really was a COVID-19 virus that was deadly and killing everybody around the world. Not saying that people didn't die, but could they have just been dying from the normal respiratory flu that comes around every year? You have to think about just the magnitude of this crime. It is unbelievable. And once you see that, once you accept and digest the fact that this was just one orchestrated movie and the American people and peoples around the world uh, were subject to, Then you can see how it all works because, again, my premise remains the same. Global oligarchies around the world are installing global fascism where everything is about corporate interest. Not your interest, but corporate interest. And the best way to run corporations is to consolidate, to buy up everything, consolidate it. So the major players, the elite, have control of every move that you make. That's why they want central bank digital currency so bad because once you don't have the freedom of transaction with your money, once everything that you do is done through e, uh, through uh, through an electronic, through your phone, let's say, once that becomes your mode of payment, then the government has to look at everything that you do. You can't do anything, and they can turn it off too. So if you don't behave, 
the way they want you to, they can turn off your money. That is where the system is moving, and nobody is paying attention to it. Well, not enough people are paying attention to it. More and more every day. I shouldn't say that nobody's paying attention because there are. But too many people are walking around just not understanding what's going on in the world. Because if you don't know a war is being waged against you, obviously you're going to lose the war. This is a psychological operation. This is a propaganda campaign going on against the American people, and we're not used to it. Uh, Clearly, we're not sharp enough to understand it, but boy, oh boy, the information now uh, is out there everywhere if you can use discernment and try to figure it out. Here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's talking about Event 201. This is at Johns Hopkins University in October of 2019. And what he tries to explain to the audience is that the Chinese were involved with the American people and our CIA. Our CIA, which is on this piece at the very end of it, you'll hear a woman, Avril Haines. Avril Haines is telling the media to flood the zone with information about COVID-19. Why is the CIA explaining at Johns Hopkins with all of these doctors how to sell COVID-19? Clip number 23. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Check this out. Ready? Go. George Gayo, who's the CDC, China, you know, Chinese CDC, who must know at that point that this virus is already circulating because he is the world's the, the Chinese expert on coronavirus. He has to know it's circulating in Wuhan. And it, by the way, in September 2019, the Wuhan lab removes all 22,000 you know, viral samples from the website. So it's clear at that point. And they, you know, meanwhile, the satellite shows that the hospitals were already filling up the chatter that was monitored by Harvard and Brown and uh, BU. Uh, they're all talking about the symptoms of coronavirus. So the Chinese government had to know this and George Gayo had to know it. He's there in October of 2019 with the CIA, uh, former deputy director, talking about how do we quiet people when they start talking about a lab leak. And she says, quote, not only do we need to sense them, but we need to flood the zone with authoritative voices, which means propaganda, you know, dismissing it. If you have a trusted source, I believe in the idea that we shouldn't be trying to um, control communication, but rather flood the zone in a sense with a trusted source that then is influential community leaders as well as health workers. And of course, that's exactly what they did. Avril Haines, by the way, that was a CIA. You hear that woman speak. That was uh, Avril Haines in the CIA. She's from Johns Hopkins and Georgetown. So she's probably a club member. What is she doing telling the doctors how to flood the zone with information during COVID-19? Does that make any sense? And why is the Chinese CDC director, I mean, he's the equivalent of the CDC director, George Gao, why is he there? Why is China and the United States and our CIA writing a script to sell COVID-19? You have to think through these things. Now, I caught this as well. If you pay attention to alternative media, this has been everywhere over the last week. This is Dr. Fauci and a woman by the name of Muriel Bowser. She was the mayor of D.C. Back when the pandemic was going on and they were trying to get everybody vaccinated, remember they were, they were doing everything to incentivize getting vaccinated. They were knocking on doors trying to pay people to get a needle put in their arm. And they ran across this guy who challenged them. And I want you to pay attention to what Dr. Fauci says because he makes mention of the flu. And he goes, you know how many people die of the flu each year? Well, virtually none this last year. That is the sentence that you need to pay attention to because the flu 
went away when COVID came in. Now, how can that possibly be? We got a long history of what goes down with the flu, don't we? But apparently when COVID came about, nobody died from the flu anymore. Could the flu and COVID be the same thing? It was just a propaganda campaign, a fear campaign, a restriction of medicine campaign that was the entire deal around COVID and why they did it was to consolidate power. The global reset, as Klaus Schwab put it, is that possible? I believe that it is. Here we go. This is Dr. Fauci and Muriel Bowser. Listen to how this guy gets after them because he, again, like me, thinks these vaccines and the entire push for vaccines, which were really gene therapies, was a nothing more, nothing more than a fear campaign. Uh, clip number two, four. Ready? Go. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to create vaccination. Well, it it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how how many years were invested in in this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years is not enough. And nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allow thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, and not like, not it's like much the more serious flu. than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually yeah. too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know, how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You going to pass. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Something yeah. else. Something else going on. It is something going on. Something else. You're right. But I'm glad millions of people, like me and almost everybody here, didn't get an. Did you know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, I, well, I won't keep you okay, anymore. It's okay because my my my, my incentive, y'all campaign, is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear. This pandemic. That's all it is. I couldn't agree more with this guy. And what's funny about that is they, there were several different people that they knocked on doors. This Fauci and the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser. They were knocking on doors. They had several people attack them the same way. But you didn't see that. That was going on during the pandemic. That was all held from you. All you got to hear was get your vaccines or you're going to kill grandma. Now, if you ask yourself, why did this go down? Again, it's a global consolidation of power. It's all about money, follow the money, follow the power, follow the control. Now let's go back to a few weeks ago when Russell Brand was on the Bill Maher show. He would not be stopped. He wanted to get out his information. I give this guy great credit because he just ran over Bill Maher, which is not easy to do because Bill Maher, say what you want about him, he's a talented guy and he knows how to redirect the information. He's a big Obama supporter. He's a a guy from the left. He's another guy that gives you just enough information to go, oh, I like Bill Maher. Uh, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And he was trying to stop Russell Brand from saying what he had to say. But pay attention and put all of these things in context. This is Russell Brand on Bill Maher. Clip number four, two. Ready. 
Go. Out of respect for you and your show, I've brought some facts. The pandemic created at least 40 new big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. More than wow. two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion okay. in profit right. in 2022. Oh, and, and may I just mention that finally, and these are, this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that. The German public funded the BioNTech uh, vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. It's difficult not okay, to... Okay, but I, I will just add one thing. It is possible that these are greedy capitalists what, who made a lot of money. All I'm querying is this. Yes. Is if you have All an right. economic system in which pharmaceutical companies benefit hugely from medical emergencies, where a military-industrial okay. complex benefits from war, where an energy companies benefit from energy crises, you are going to These generate right. states of perpetual crisis, yes. where the interests of ordinary and, and, people well, yes. separate from the interests of the elite. And cottage industries. And, uh, I think he just nails it right on the head right there. I, I found this, and it says, Bankers keep us in debt. The arms manufacturers keep us at war. The media will make sure we don't know the truth. The government will make sure everything is done legally. So that's what's happening. That's why nobody ever is held accountable for what's going down is because ultimately they make all of these things legal. Remember the emergency youth authorization so they could bring in these gene therapies and sell them to you and there's no accountability. And if you understand that this was a military operation, as Robert F. Kennedy said, and I played it for you last week, all they did was stamp Moderna and Pfizer on these gene therapies but it was really a military operation. Remember when they came out and said you shouldn't take the J&J uh, shot, the J&J was the bad shot? Well, why was that, do you think? Because the military was behind Moderna with Bill Gates and Pfizer with Borla. And I've showed you uh, last week and the week before how they're all connected to our government. They all come from the same club schools. Simple to see. Shout out to the sponsors. If you have not had Pure Cure Coffee, you got to give it a shot. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Best coffee in the world. Fresh, delivered to your door. I just can't say enough about it. As somebody who drinks coffee like a crazy person, I drink coffee all day long. I'm a coffee snob. If you haven't tried this coffee out, you're doing yourself a disservice. You have to support the sponsors. You have to support businesses that are behind free speech. And by the way, it just happens to be the best coffee that will ever cross your lips. If you want to get a rebroadcast of the show, you can go to NewstalkSTL.com, NewstalkSTL.com. Look up the Rob Carter Show because a lot of people are in their car for 15 or 20 minutes. They get a piece. They get interested, but they can't listen to the whole thing. Go to NewstalkSTL.com. Search the Rob Carter Show. Uh, we'll be right back with segment three. But if you want to listen to it all, NewstalkSTL.com. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rob Carter Show. We are going to get into CBDCs and we're going to get into Donald Trump. 
again, you have to pay attention to the whole thing because all of these puzzle pieces are going to fit together. In the news now is TikTok. And there's a big conversation going on in the corporate press is, should we ban TikTok? Is TikTok bad because it's Chinese propaganda and they are surveilling us, they're tracking us, just like the United States government is tracking us through Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and everything else. But apparently we're going to ban TikTok because that is where uh, the conversation is at. I can tell you for certain they are not going to ban TikTok federally. You know how I know? Because TikTok is run by a guy by the name of Shu Z Chu. You can't make it up. Shu Z Chu is the guy's name. He is the CEO. He is from the University College of London and Harvard University. So he's in the club. But it's even deeper. He worked as a banker for Goldman Sachs before he joined DST Global. So you got Goldman Sachs, and he was working for Goldman Sachs in London, by the way. So he worked for Goldman Sachs, and then he joined DST Global. DST Global, a venture capital firm whose founder is Yuri Milner, a Soviet-born Israeli entrepreneur. So just in TikTok alone, you've got London, you've got the UK, you've got Harvard Club School, you've got China, which is where TikTok is from, and you've got the Soviet Union and Israel all tied up into one because it is a global fascist system that they are putting together. TikTok is going to be just another distraction, just another uh, something to talk about. It's not going anywhere. And you get to see all of the pieces right there with TikTok. Here's another story that I find fascinating just as we lead into the CBDCs. There's a guy by the name of Patrick Howley. He works for the National File. Uh, he's a terrific journalist, I think, because I believe that he is on some uh, some crazy stories that he's been telling, and they turned out to be true. These are things that you would have never believed in the past. And when he's talked about them two years ago, three years ago, nobody paid any attention to him. They thought he was crazy. And now all of these stories that he were telling, that he was telling, are starting to come true. He formerly worked at Breitbart. He was the founder of Big League Politics. He was recently on with Owen Schroyer, who's doing a terrific job. This young guy, Owen Schroyer, who's on the InfoWars platform, is from St. Louis, uh, young guy. I mean, you talk about a guy that is, he's, his nose for news and uh, his ability to get into topics is fantastic. And I love where he's going with things. I don't agree with everything Owen talks about. I think he's still trying to debate whether uh, Donald Trump or, or Ron DeSantis is the right guy. Look, I think all of that is nonsense. I don't think it matters a hill of beans which guy is there. I think they're there for one reason only. To divide and distract. That's the whole premise behind both of these political parties. But let me give you this information that Patrick Howley put out. Now, you know that Hunter Biden uh, was working with Rosemont Seneca uh, to fund biolabs in Ukraine. Okay, that information is out there. I've talked about it ad nauseum. So Metabiota is run by a guy by the name of Nathan Wolf. Nathan Wolf is a partner of Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell's father is Robert Maxwell, who I believe it now is known was an Israeli spy. He was a, um, he was a newspaper mogul, okay? Uh, he, obviously, these people were attached to Epstein, okay? What he is out saying, what his piece, uh, that he, well, this is what he told Owen Schroyer anyway, that a guy by the name of Thomas J. Curry from the Boston law firm Nutter, McLennan, and Fish, who was appointed by Obama... As a banking official, so here's where the banks come in, he was the comptroller of the currency under Obama. He employs and works directly with a guy by the name of Jeffrey Roberts. 
Jeffrey Roberts is the manager of Granite Reality LLC, which was the owner of the house of Ghislaine Maxwell when she was in hiding in New Hampshire. So when the FBI caught her, she was in a house that was basically tied to all the way up to the Obama-Biden administration. Let me read it to you one more time. All of these things are connected behind the scenes. And if we had any journalism uh, that was real and people could see the connections behind the scenes, it would make you sick to your stomach. It's so obvious. It's just that nobody reports it. And when they do report it, they get labeled a conspiracy theorist. But this is what this guy is reporting. Uh, I, I would almost guarantee you that it's true. Uh, he's been around there for a long time. When he was with Owen Schroyer on this last uh, interview that I heard him giving, uh, he was hopping mad that people were trying to smear him in the media. He said, every time you get to the truth, they call you a conspiracy theorist, which is uh, obviously that's true. You've watched it with your own eyes. But what he says is a guy by the name of Thomas J. Curry. He uh, is a former, a recently retired um, lawyer with Boston law firm Nutter, McLennan, and Fish. So this Thomas J. Curry was appointed by Obama as the comptroller of the currency. So now you've got Obama tied to the comptroller of, concern, uh, comptroller of currency, Thomas J. Curry. And Thomas J. Curry worked directly with a guy by the name of Jeffrey Roberts. So signatures and contracts show that he was the manager of a company called Granite Reality LLC. Might, might have been Realty. I think he might have got that wrong. But he's the manager of it. That Granite Re, uh, Reality LLC, let's call it, that was the owner of the house that Ghislaine Maxwell was hiding in when she was caught by the FBI. And then you have the added story of Ghislaine Maxwell tied to Epstein. Epstein had a job with Donald Barr, who was the father of Bill Barr, who came to the rescue and said that it was just a run-of-the-mill suicide and that when the cameras were off and the guards were asleep, there was nothing to see there. Bill Barr is the same guy that said everything was fine with the elections. I mean, come on. I mean, you get to see that this is just nothing more than a blackmail operation by the intel agencies and or a comp they're compromising our elected officials all along the way here. It just seems to be obvious as to what's going on because none of these people uh, are ever outed. It's all talked about. That news uh, just uh, gets to the top, but then everything gets smashed down and we never hear about who was on this uh, list with Epstein Island. What was the client list of Ghislaine Maxwell? Who are these people? What we do know is that Ghislaine Maxwell is the daughter of Robert Maxwell, a very powerful man who died suspiciously. Uh, he was out on his yacht. They find him the next day drowned. Does that make any sense? Looks like maybe that was a hit, right? Then you've got Robert Epstein who commits suicide, uh, jumping off a bunk bed apparently, uh, while the guards were sleeping, the cameras were off. All of these people behind the scenes are tied together. Now let's talk about CBDCs because, again, if you see the entire picture, it starts to make more sense. Open your mind up to the reality that we are under attack from within. You have to open up your mind to that possibility because if you stay tied to it and you watch what's going down in the world, you see a system being put into place as we debate whether it should be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, whether it was a lab leak or whether it was from nature. They give you these uh, false narratives to chase as the system continually moves forward and gets put into place. I want to start the CBDC, CBDC conversation with this piece by Greg Reese. Now, Greg Reese and I are on the same page with just about everything. He's a reporter. I believe he sells his information to InfoWars, and then he's got his own Twitter feeds, and he's on, he's on all of the social media sites. And he does these little four- and five-minute 
um, journalistic reports. But man, is this guy, he's on the exact same page with me, so I love him. This is Greg Reese. Clip number 2-2, check this out about the CBD system because he mentions BRICS in here too. So if you're following the financial situation in the world, we think that BRICS is going to be a competing currency with the U.S. petrodollar. But again, behind the scenes, are they all connected? Check this out. Greg Reese, uh, where are we at here? Clip number 2-2, ready, go. Signed in 1787, the U.S. Constitution states that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. In 1791, to help pay for the revolution, Congress established the first National Bank of the United States. Within a decade, it became evident that taxes were being sent to the crown and the bank was not renewed. A political battle ensued, which resulted in the formation of America's first two political parties, the Federalists and the Democratic Republicans. The framers of the U.S. Constitution left out any mention of political parties because they saw them as corrupt relics of the British Crown's divide-and-conquer system. The second central bank was chartered in 1816 and shut down in 1832 by Andrew Jackson, who wrote that the bank was unauthorized by the Constitution, subversive to the rights of states, and dangerous to the liberties of the people. For nearly a century, America thrived without a central bank. Until 1914, when the privately owned Federal Reserve banking system was quietly given power over America's wealth. In 1933, the U.S. government declared bankruptcy and the Fed shifted to a debt-based economy. And after the U.S. dollar was made the world reserve currency, the entire world became dependent upon debt. A currency backed by nothing but debt and IOUs was doomed to eventually fail from the start. And that day appears to be coming soon. These big banks have funded wars and criminally profited off human suffering for decades. Credit Suisse alone has been fined over 50 times for over $10 billion for money laundering, fraud, espionage, drug trafficking, and stealing money from the people. Every person in the civilized world is now feeling the same financial pressure being subjected by the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank. Nations of the world are buying up record amounts of gold. Three quarters of the world have joined BRICS to prepare for a new world reserve currency after the end of the U.S. dollar. Zimbabwe and Mexico are now joining BRICS. But it's important to remember that the Federal Reserve Bank is operated by BlackRock. BlackRock is operated by the Rothschild City of London banking cartel. And so even if the Fed collapses, BRICS is most likely another proxy of this old banking cartel. The idea for BRICS was born in 2001 from Goldman Sachs. The Federal Reserve Bank's digital currency, FedCoin, is already hugely unpopular. CBDCs are being rejected upon arrival. But that isn't stopping the federal government and the failing big banks from luring the population into their new nightmare system. This July, the Federal Reserve Bank will be launching FedNow, 
and managing practically every transaction made in the United States. Then all they have to do is what the Nigerian Central Bank just did. Shred and destroy mountains of cash and stop filling the ATMs. But we're not slaves yet. And if we want to have financial freedom, then it's time to fight back against the CBDC concept and return to lawful constitutional money. Oklahoma has a law in the works that will protect Oklahomans from being forced to adopt a CBDC. And Florida is now working on a law that will expressly prohibit the use of a CBDC. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, is calling on other state governors to do the same and fight back against CBDC nationwide. At least a dozen states have passed laws to begin accepting gold and silver as cash on the path to returning to a lawful constitutional money system. Several states have begun printing their own gold backs, a currency shaped like notes made of thin layers of pure gold with a polymer coating, making it easy to spend a dollar's worth of gold. And the free market has been busy figuring out blockchain banking since the Bitcoin white paper. We don't need a central bank or a government to manage our money, but we have to act now and prepare. I think that just about nails everything that we're trying to talk about with these CBDCs. That's it. That's a, just a terrific report. That guy's name is Greg Reese. I recommend you follow him on Twitter. Uh, great reporting because he lays out the history of everything that you, in recent memory, you can tie together. Uh, they, wh- Whoever controls the currency controls the world. If you can print money out of thin air and expand your network and trade your dollars for gold or any kind of precious metal at the end of it, uh, you've got control of everything. You see what I mean? I mean, you can you can print money and buy assets with the money. And then when it collapses, you own all of the assets. Does that make sense? And when you look deep into this thing, again, how I see the world is connected. Joseph Biden put out an executive order, 14067, ensuring responsible development of digital assets. Now, when we come back from break, we'll start the second hour with a clip from a guy by the name of Tom Emmers. And he is explaining, again, the dangers of these central bank digital currencies. This is a congressman from Minnesota, and he lays out, I think, a bill he's putting forth to make sure that we don't use, or they don't use in Minnesota, central bank digital currencies. Florida and Oklahoma already have bills in the works to try and stop it. Now, will they stop it? I don't know. And by the way, public.affairs at weforum.org, this is the World Economic Forum again, shows that Russia is in the same game. Uh, so this is from the World Economic Forum, and it's got just a little, a few bullet points here. It says, The Russian Federation and the World Economic Forum announced the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution of Russia. The center is an autonomous, non-for-profit organization hosted by ANO, Digital Economy, and will be a platform for, for public-private cooperation. So Russia is going through digital currency just like China and just like the United States. Again, it's global totalitarianism it's global fascism and it's on the rise baby you better be aware of it stick around for the second hour we'll continue the conversation we'll be right back sr1 sundays all right everybody welcome back to hour number two once again my name is rob carter 
I hope I did not confuse you too much in the first hour. Frankie always says, Rob, you got to slow down. Sometimes your pace is too quick and the information is too vast and nobody can stick with it. So let me recap just the premise of why uh, I brought up COVID-19 again. If you pay attention to COVID-19 and you recognize that con that is right before you, we all are aware of how that went down. If you recognize that for what it was, just a PSYOP, a global con job orchestrated through the World Economic Forum with policies coming out of the World Health Organization, which is basically controlled by China, you start to see that everybody is involved in the same game. If COVID-19 was nothing more than a PSYOP, if it was a con job from top to bottom, if they just took a respiratory virus, the seasonal flu, and then used it to consolidate power, you start to recognize that all of these things that we're fighting over are BS, like the war with Russia and Ukraine. I'm not saying there's not bombs going off, and I'm not saying that Russian soldiers and Ukrainian soldiers are not dying. I'm saying the people that run the show don't care. War is just a part of the game. They'll take you to war when you get a little too close to the truth, quite honestly. That's what I think. But nonetheless, if you just look at it, you say, okay, what's going on with the uh, central bank digital currencies? Because I've played that the uh, in the U.K., they want central bank digital currencies. I just had a buddy call me from the U.K. He was working over there, and he said, you can't even use cash over there anywhere that he went. It was all credit card. It's all digital. They want to get away from cash because once they can control your freedom of transaction, once there's no more freedom of transaction, I should say, you're no longer free because they can turn your money on and off. That's exactly what they got going on in China with the social credit score system. If you don't behave the way they want, they limit your ability to use your digital currency. So you've got Joe Biden, Executive Order 14067, ensuring responsible development of digital assets. So that's where he's heading. And then I had another contributor to the show send me this, and it's right off the World Economic Forum website or off this website. It's called public.affairs at weforum.org. And it says that the policies and frameworks will be shared and scaled through the Global Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Network. This is from Russia. And then there's a quote here from a guy by the name of Dmitry Cherenchenko. He's the deputy prime minister of the Russian Federation. And it says, today Russia is building digital economy actively in industrial and social spheres as well as in public administration. We are now witnessing an unprecedented breakthrough development. The main purpose of the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Moscow is to grow awareness of Russia's role as part of the global expert community. This is an opportunity to share experience and expertise gained by the World Economic Forum and its partners around the world. So if everybody is tied corporately with the World Economic Forum, is it that much of a leap to say they might be shaking hands behind the scenes and whatever they have to do to consolidate power within their own governments, they're going to use it. I see a lot of collaboration with all of this stuff. When I saw that uh, all of the people in Russia, all of the people in the government were wearing masks, when Vladimir Putin was talking, I went, oh my goodness. Because there is no way with all of the peer-reviewed research out there about these cloth masks, there is no way that every country in the world thought they needed to wear those things. There was just too much information out there. Nobody, not everybody can be fooled all the time. But apparently with COVID-19, everybody was fooled around the country and around the world into wearing these masks and social distancing. And what they really were doing was running a psychological operation and consolidating power around the world. Remember, Walmart, 
Lowe's, and Target open. Small businesses and churches closed. That's how it's going down. It's just incredible to me. So I want to stay on the CBDC theme. This is Congressman Tom Emmers from Minnesota. Listen to what he has to say. Episode, uh, not episode, uh, clip number three, six. Ready, go. Administration is currently itching to create a digital authoritarian styled surveillance style digital dollar. Uh, And through an executive order, they are pursuing analysis on a retail CBDC that would not be open, permissionless, permissionless uh, or private. In fact, it would be ridden with significant risk to Americans' privacy, security, financial inclusion, and a whole lot more. This kind of digital currency would give the federal government access to and control over literally every financial transaction conducted by Americans. That's why I, along with a number of my colleagues, introduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act. Anti-Surveillance State Act. I think people that are paying attention recognize that this uh, this digital currency situation, uh, to me, that feels like checkmate. And I don't know how quickly this comes into play, but uh, all of the countries around the world, all of the nations around the world, seem to be in the central bank digital currency game. I played last week Janet Yellen, uh, Janet Yellen club member, Secretary of the Treasury, and she was answering questions about bailing out the bigger banks. And again, just to recap that conversation from last week, what she said was the FDIC, the establishment, the power brokers in D.C., they would determine if your bank was too big to fail. And because the FDIC only... Uh, insures deposits up to $250,000, all of the big depositors that make the banks work will leave the small banks because if you have $10 million in the bank, you're not going to leave it in in a regional bank where they only insure $250,000. There's no way you're going to do that. So you're going to take your money from these small regional banks and you're going to put them in the big banks because those big banks are insured by the FDIC. So if you have 10, 15, 20, 30, $50 million dollars, You have to take it to a bank where it's insured. So that means all of the big depositors will leave the small regional banks, go to the big banks. The small regional banks will eventually fail, and then you can consolidate power within the big banks and move to digital currency. Uh, It just keeps continuing on as we debate whether Ron DeSantis is a better move than Donald Trump. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Take a listen to this because... Recently, I think it was last week, uh, Biden did a press conference where he said the banks are fine, there's nothing to see here, and then he ran off stage as people were yelling questions at him. Never answers anything because he's just a puppet. He reads the script. But if you just think about the way this is going down, uh, it's very concerning. So check this out. This is clip number 3-2. It's to uh, another one bites the dust, and it talks about the banks collapsing and Biden saying everything is fine. Clip number 3-2. Frankie, ready? Go. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe, safe, safe. Silvergate shutting down. The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is causing shockwaves. Regulators today abruptly closed Signature Bank. Just take a look at the shares of First Republic down 65% here at the opening bell. This is the biggest failure since 2008. Another one bust the dust. Ow! 
In breaking news, the US Federal Reserve has bailed out the Silicon Valley Bank. going to zero too. Euros are going to zero. The yen's going to zero. The Chinese currency is going to zero. It's all going to zero against Bitcoin. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the test. Look at what's happened. This is dramatic. A 48% probability right now that the Fed does nothing. Um, sorry, is that is that one right? President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect all other banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? Uh, I don't think we're going to be protected. I don't think the small banks will eventually be protected or ultimately be protected by this government because what they want is consolidation of everything. If you look at PepsiCo and all the things that they own, if you look at all the private equity investment over the course of the last 10 years, these banks have bought up everything around you. They are consolidating power every day, and we don't seem to recognize it because we don't have a free press. We don't have a press that tells you what's going on because the press is the government and the government is the press, and that's a scary situation. And because independent people, independent journalists, uh, they're more interested in gaining an audience than telling the truth. They get into, uh, is Trump the guy? Is Trump going to save the day? Because they know that's what listeners want to hear. That's a, I, just, I really wish people would put the time and energy into doing a little bit of research and recognizing that everything isn't as it seems. Uh, everything isn't as simple as, let's just get a Republican in there, or let's get Donald Trump in there, or is Ron DeSantis the guy? These are things that don't matter at all. I want to take you back uh, just to prove the point. Because if you are, I'm going to get into Donald Trump. So the rest of the show is going to be, is Donald Trump the answer to your prayers? Uh, I was a huge Donald Trump supporter. I went to three rallies. I went to watch him speak on January the 6th. Uh, I could tell you so many stories about conversations and arguments that I had defending Donald Trump. Uh, The list is very, very long. But when COVID-19 came about, I was aware of the alternative media narrative that COVID-19 or that any pandemic could consolidate power around the world. So I was aware that that was going down all the way to 2010, 2014. Those four years, there was a lot of conversation about it. The Rockefeller Foundation put out a paper that said, this is what you can do to consolidate power on the back of a pandemic. And then they ran out the script almost to the T. Now that we have that in retrospect, and we're looking at Donald Trump's role in it, what has changed with the elections? Absolutely nothing. And I want to remind you of what went down in Arizona just recently. Okay, pay attention to this witness. Now, if this witness is lying, why, if he perjured himself, why isn't he in jail? This is something you can prove. This isn't something you got to guess about. He's saying that the way the ballots, the 19-inch ballots and the 20-inch ballot reader could not have been an accident. So all of these ballots that were missized, it was done on purpose according to this witness. Now, if he's lying, there should be a perjury count going on against him. There's not. He told the truth. It's just that the government and the judicial system down there in Arizona just said, "Eh, whatever. Clip number 27. Check this out. Just as a reminder, before we get into the Trump conversation, clip number 27, Frankie, ready? Go. Is there any way, in your opinion, 
for a 19-inch ballot image to be projected on a 20-inch ballot by accident? No, sir. Why not? Because the settings and the configurations and the procedures that are used cannot allow that. These are not a bump up against the printer and the settings change. There are security, there are security configurations. I've reviewed the evidence and the printers are configured via script, which by any large organization that has to do multiple systems is a standard. This takes away the human error of somebody miscoding and then the instructions either on the printer. So right there, you know that the election was manipulated in Arizona. Yet there is nothing, you know, they'll run out, they'll give everybody hope that something big is going to go down in Arizona, and nothing's going to go down in Arizona. Katie Hobbs is the governor. Uh, nothing is going to change. And you just ask yourself, if Donald Trump recognizes that the election system has not been fixed, why is he running for president when he says he got more votes than any sitting president in American history and was defeated by Joe Biden. Donald Trump is not the answer. The only answer is you and I. The only answer to getting our freedom back is to share information amongst each other, to make sure that we understand all of the players in the game, to understand the severity of the situation that we are in, because if we lose our ability to have free transactions, we've already lost our ability to have private conversation, if you remember back, I played in uh, maybe two, three, four, five shows shows ago, uh, and it could have been on the podcast. I don't remember, but um, the church hearings, uh, the church hearings were about the CIA infiltration into our government, and they were creating news and feeding news to the news organizations so that they would react to them. It was all fake. It was phony. It was manipulated by the CIA. Church said in 1974 that technology all the way back then was so powerful that if it got into the wrong hands, Americans would not be able to fight it, meaning that the technology was so strong that they could surveil people whenever they wanted to, meaning you could not organize against your government. He said it's a very serious situation because if this technology was in the wrong hands and used for the wrong reasons, Americans could never again go up against their government. It would be over. Well, aren't we there? And if we are there, where are, we, where are they taking it? Do you feel comfortable with what's going on in this country? I certainly don't. I don't know anybody that does, whether they're on the left or the right. Nobody seems comfortable with the direction that this country is in. Nobody. Very scary situation because you can't get anybody to feel comfortable enough to discuss it. I would like to get politicians on here that answer real questions. I would like to get people to have conversations about things that could be going on that seem to be in a free society uh, not worthy of discussion. It's very, very bizarre. Stick around. Uh, We'll be right back. Segment five on its way. We'll be right back. That people will find a way to go no matter what the man says. I love this fight for all we know. For all we know. The Rob Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody, welcome back. I got through an entire cup of coffee in four minutes. Pure Cure Coffee. P-U-R-C-U-R, coffee.com, the very best coffee in the marketplace. 
If you haven't tried it, you got to give it a shot. P-U-R-C-U-R-Coffee.com. You have got to support sponsors who support free speech. Let me get back into the Donald Trump conversation because uh, the biggest criticism that I get is about Donald Trump. People really want to believe in Donald Trump. They think he is the answer. They think he's going to come back. He's going to drain the swamp. He's going to fix everything for us. Now he knows what's going on, and he's coming back to save the day. I don't see anything that points me in that direction again. He endorsed Lindsey Graham, John McCain, uh, Mitch McConnell. Right at the end of his term, he endorsed Mitch McConnell. You have to think through all of these things. The CARES Act, $6.2 trillion. Uh, Warp speed. He took a million dollars from Pfizer. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy told him what was going on with Fauci and how dangerous these vaccines were, and he just dismantled it when he appointed Azar and Gottlieb, two industry shills, to run the Vaccine Safety Commission, and then it just dissolved. These are all things that are real, that are verified. Donald Trump is not disputing these, uh, uh, d- disputing any of these facts. So where does he stand in the game? Again, I think he is a distraction person. I think he is there to create chaos. I think he is there to polarize us because there is no middle ground with Donald Trump. It is either you love him and you are going to support him to the gates of hell, or you hate him so much you just all you want to hear about is how terrible he is. It's one or the other. It is, again, creating a scenario where we cannot be united. And the only way that this is going to work is that if you and I get on the same page, liberals and conservatives, left, right, doesn't matter. We have to come together as one united country. Divided, we fall. United, we stand. It's really that simple. Here's a statement from Donald Trump because, again, some of these statements are so bizarre. You're like, what is going on here with this guy? It's just, you know, nobody's going to... Nobody's going out to start a war on behalf of Donald Trump, but the rhetoric just gets the media in an uproar over and over again. He sucks all the oxygen out of true conversations about what could really be going on in the world. He's not giving you any of that. It's all some cloak and dagger behind the scenes operation that we're going to figure out whenever. I don't know. Um, But this is what he puts out on his uh, platform, Truth Social. What kind of person can change another person? In this case, a former president of the United States who got more votes than any sitting president in history for the Republican Party nomination with a crime when it is known by all that no crime has been committed and also known that potential death and destruction in such a false charge could be catastrophic for our country. What in the world is he doing? Why would you put out that kind of rhetoric? For what reason? Does anybody really think that Donald Trump is going to be behind bars? He's got the Secret Service in his pocket. He's a former sitting president of the United States. Uh, he doesn't even have to, he could have the Secret Service protect him. He doesn't have to even answer to these uh, indictments. And the whole thing is absurd. It's ridiculous. But it just continues the narrative and it keeps him the, the, the martyr. I, I really think that's his role is to distort and distract. And he's always the martyr. We are always defending him. Now let's, uh, because I got so deep into COVID and I really wanted to uh, put forth the idea that it was all a con job from the very beginning. Listen to the rhetoric from Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump at CPAC in 2021 when the election was taken from him. According to him, the election was stolen. This is what he said about the COVID-19 vaccines because, boy, did he love those vaccines. He rallied, uh, uh, he rallied all of his fans to take the vaccines. So when he went out and spoke to the crowds, he's like, take the vaccines, take the vaccines. We all remember that. You cannot dismiss that. You can't just go, well, Rob, he was misled or we were going to be locked down for 50 years. Why would we be locked down for 50 years? What sense does that make when you think about it? Come out of that haze. The states could have said we're not, we're not going down with the lockdowns. If you remember, there were a lot of states 
Donald Trump got mad at the governor of Georgia for opening up too soon. So the states had control of their citizens. They could have done whatever they want. We still have the 10th Amendment, don't we? So the idea that we were going to be locked down for 10 years and all these narratives that were put out in defense of Donald Trump make no sense whatsoever. They just don't make any sense. And this is coming from a guy, like I said, who supported him for a long, long time and supported him uh, at the at the... Uh, at the danger of losing friends, losing opportunities in life, um, uh, fighting with family. I mean, I went to the wall for this guy. But COVID-19 and the way he went about it changed my opinion. And now that I dig deep into it, I'm in a completely different space than anybody who is rooting for Donald Trump. I am rooting for us. I am rooting for us to recognize that this, 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 this media spectacle around Donald Trump is all nonsense. Pay attention to what he had to say. Had to say at CPAC in 2021. Clip number four, three. Frankie, ready? Go. And as conservatives and Republicans, never forget that we did it. Never let them take the credit because they don't deserve the credit. We did it. So he's telling you that the Republicans, they are the one that did it. Here is, uh, this is the uh, longer speech that he gave check this out just listen to what he has to say because nobody was selling these vaccines harder than he was and even after everybody knew it was bs he still continued to tell people to get the boosters check them out i pushed the fda like they have never been pushed before they told me that loud and clear they have never been pushed like i pushed them i didn't like them at all but once we got it done i said i now love you very much What the Trump administration has done with vaccines has, in many respects, perhaps saved large portions of the world, not only our country, but large portions of the world. Not only did we push the FDA far beyond what the bureaucrats wanted to do, we also put up billions and billions of dollars, 10 billion, to produce the vaccines before we knew they were going to work. Uh huh. It was called a calculated bet or a calculated risk. We took a risk. It's called a con job. Because if we didn't do that, you still wouldn't have the vaccines. You wouldn't have them for a long time. So think of that. We took this, this bet. We made a bet because we thought we were on a certain track. But you'd be starting to make them right now. It would be a long time before you ever saw them. It takes 60 to 100 days to manufacture and inspect new doses. And that means that 100% of the increased availability that we have now was initiated by our administration. 100%. In fact, the director of National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, He's Fauci's boss, actually. I think he's a Democrat, club member. by the way. Recently said that our Operation Warp Speed was absolutely breathtaking and that the Trump administration deserves full credit. There you go. I mean, what more information would convince people that they need to at least pay attention to Donald Trump and not bank on him being the answer? Because if freedom is what's at stake... Don't you want to be sure of the guy that you're backing? Don't you want to be sure of the direction that you're going to take? Because way too many people are sitting back on their hands, cheering on and going to the rallies in Waco and saying, oh, good, Donald Trump's going to make a big comeback. None of it makes any sense whatsoever, which leads me to think that 
There's a lot of mind control going on on both sides. These psyops are very powerful. You know, the this this new way of warfare is different than what we. Uh, it's different than anything we've ever understood in the past. People do not get what is happening. They need to get with it. You need to get your friends and family aware of just how dangerous this situation is. And I don't know how soon it's going to happen. Could happen tomorrow. Could be six months. Could be a year. Could be two years. Could be ten years. I don't know. But they are going to strip our freedom away unless we fight back. Now, check this out. This is another clip from Greg Reese about Donald Trump. Because, again, I believe Greg Reese and I, after paying very close attention, have come to the same conclusion that this Donald Trump fiasco is nothing more than a distraction. Greg Reese, clip number two, one. Frankie, ready? Go. On December 19th of 2020, President Trump announced a big protest in D.C. on January 6th, urging his supporters to be there will be wild. On January 6th, InfoWars was invited to help bring the crowd to the Capitol building, where Trump would give a speech. To do this, we were formally escorted out of his official speech early. InfoWars was shown a map of the Capitol grounds with a stage on the backside where we were to lead the crowd to meet President Trump. When we arrived, there was no stage, but there was a false flag being executed by the FBI. Trump never showed up, and he turned his back on the hundreds of innocent supporters rotting away in jail for being at the Capitol that day. All this, on top of his constant shilling for the deadly Pfizer shots, has caused many objective Americans to see Trump as potentially another tool of the shadow government. And so last week, when Trump announced that he was going to be arrested and called for protests, many people saw it as a red flag. While the world economy is collapsing, Trump and the media are there together as a mindless distraction all week long. And on early Friday morning, Trump threatens death and destruction if he is arrested. This should be a major red flag, but many can't see it. Shortly after being elected in 2016, he begins to tell the crowd an anecdotal story about the Clintons. And when they start chanting, lock her up, he admits that was all just empty rhetoric to get elected. Scheduled Michigan unexpectedly. It was like all of a sudden with President Obama and Michelle and Bill and Hillary, and they were going to Michigan. No, it's okay. No, forget it. That plays great before the election. No, we don't care, right? The Trump loyalists will claim that he was joking or he didn't mean it. They are likely blinded to all the glaring red flags. This is how the divide and conquer game works. Tribalism. And for many, America first became Trump first acting as if completely ignorant to the fact that our elections are rigged. The ultimate objective of controlled opposition would be to control the leader of the opposition so that you can lead the opposition over a cliff. Whether or not this is Trump, he is not America. We the people are America. And the only way we the people win is to get active, put our faith in God, and unite. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And while the nation is being destroyed by the federal government, millions of Americans are focusing on a 2024 election that we already know will be rigged more than ever. 
This is insane behavior. We need to stop seeing politics as a spectator sport and start actually getting involved. If we are unwilling to take control of our local governments, then why should anyone listen to our grievances with the federal government? What originally made Trump popular was an overall disdain for our government and a love for America. And this is all we need to be focused on. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I think that is a brilliant summation of what went down. And I cannot get people to, to see it. You know, maybe 20%. Uh, my show, my podcast took off because I was contesting the election. Wasn't necessarily supporting Donald Trump. I was supporting Donald Trump over Joe Biden uh, because I still had hope that he was the opposition. But as things started to play out, the COVID-19, uh, that was the first hint. And then when he let the election slip away to Joe Biden and really didn't give you the information that would have just crushed Joe Biden. If you look back at the uh, debates, he didn't crush Joe Biden. And how could you not crush Joe Biden in a debate? I could do it right now. I'd love to debate Joe Biden. There's so much information out there about Joe Biden. Uh, you could talk for 20 minutes just about what a creep he is, what an imbecile he is. How many times he's changed his position, what a racist he is, and all the racist remarks. Donald Trump didn't do any of that, and that led me to believe at the time that something behind the scenes was going on. None of this makes any sense. Following him to the edge of the cliff, again, it makes no sense. Here is what he said. Now, I was there on January 6th. Uh, I was there with friends. We were reporting on what went down there, and he said that he was going to walk with people to the Capitol. So, a lot of people didn't go from his speech to the Capitol. They just took off. They wanted to see him speak, and then they were gone. But when he says he's going to walk hand-in-hand with supporters uh, th- to the Capitol, that, 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 was, that brought a lot of enthusiasm to people to go see what went down at the Capitol. He was encouraging people to go to the Capitol. He did not tell people that um, uh, Nancy Pelosi didn't have any police help that the Capitol Police were under uh, were shorthanded. He didn't mention any of that. Here is how he addressed the crowd uh, on January 6th when he was trying to get them to go home and stop fighting. Listen to what he calls the supporters that went to the Capitol apparently on his behalf. Check this out. Uh, Donald Trump, clip number 4-7. Ready, go. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election and emotions I think what Greg Reese said is true. He led us there, and then he gave that announcement at the very end of it, and it makes no sense. He was the one that was telling people to go to the Capitol. He was going to walk with the crowd to the Capitol. Stick around. Segment six, final segment of the day. We'll be right back. SR1 Sundays. Bob Carter Show. When are you gonna come All right, everybody, welcome back. Final segment of the evening. Thanks for joining me. 
I don't want to be too hard on the Donald Trump supporters, but I do want to get a point across that we have got to hold him accountable for his role in COVID-19, for his role in all of the endorsements that he made, for his role in January 6th, quite honestly. Uh, because I was there, I watched one went down. It doesn't feel right to me in retrospect. And I know that Greg Peace Reese is so fantastic because it's exactly what I think went down there that day. Uh, I did not like the fact that he left those January 6th protesters out to hang. Because he could have been talking about that from that day forward. We have American citizens being held as political prisoners in D.C. right now. Political prisoners that were waved in. Now you see the video. They were waved into the Capitol building. And then they were put in prison. for This this guy, this uh, Viking guy, is in there for four years. He went into the Capitol because he was invited in. He, he, He gave a prayer inside the chambers. When the police asked him to leave, he walked out, and then he heard that Donald Trump was telling people to go home, and he got on a microphone and told people to go home, and he's in jail for six years. That's the people's capital. Now, if he was beating down doors or something, that's a different story, but he wasn't. There is no video evidence that he did. He's a peaceful guy. Everybody that knows him says the exact same thing, and yet Donald Trump did nothing, didn't lift a finger, barely said a word about it, and we're still following this guy. Um or too many people are, in my opinion. I think we have got to hold Donald Trump accountable. I want to start here because this is another red flag for me. This is Donald Trump saying that he will not give one penny to any school that mandates vaccines or masks, and the crowd goes crazy. Just take a, a listen to it, and then I want to add context to it. Clip number two, eight. Frankie, ready? Go. I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. From kindergarten through college. You see there, and the crowd goes wild. Now, Donald Trump is the one who said the vaccines were, they saved millions and millions of lives. His out has always been that he didn't mandate them. That's what his supporters hang on to, is that he did not mandate these vaccines, although he told everybody to get them, although he took credit for it, although he calls himself the father of the vaccines, although he says he pushed Fauci and the FDA and the CDC to get them approved. Although he took a million dollars from Pfizer and then dismantled a safety commission board, put two industry shills on top of it, all of that goes away because Donald Trump is the enemy of our enemy. It doesn't make any sense to me. It shouldn't make any sense to you because, again, we are, we are not using discernment. We are uh, distorting logic in order to get to a place where a guy who put all of these things into place, warp speed, uh, the CARES Act, all of these things that were done underneath Donald Trump, He's not held accountable for. I just want to give you, because everybody always goes, well, if Donald Trump uh, had a computer out there where he said, uh, where his daughter said that she was taking inappropriate showers with him, uh, he'd be hanging from the highest tree. That's what they say about Donald Trump. But let's just use the logic on the other side. If Barack Obama was the president, uh, got uh, a $6.2 trillion CARES Act placed, and told you to go out and get vaccines and campaigned for you to get vaccines, Uh, went uh, out of his way to make sure that you knew that the only way to get back to normal was to get a needle in your arm. If he had done all of that and stuck to it to this day and said, get your boosters, on and on and on, do you think the people on the right would be making mention of that? Of course they would. Why does Donald Trump get away with it? Why do people think it's just okay that he did that? Because, again, my premise remains the same. If you tell somebody to go stick a needle in their arm, you better be certain that that needle in the arm is safe. Donald Trump had no idea what was going on with mRNA technologies. None. 
he couldn't possibly know. So he's taking the word of the FDA, the same organization that put OxyContin into the American bloodstream. I mean, when you try to use logic to defend Donald Trump, you can't get there. You cannot get there. And so many people are so tied to him and they are so invested in him for the better course of six years because they perceive him as being the only way out of this trap. And he's the one that's going to stand up to the establishment. Where is any sign of that? Other than rhetoric, where is there any sign that Donald Trump is coming to save the day? He endorsed McConnell. He endorsed Lindsey Graham, McCain, uh, McDaniel, Rona McDaniel. I mean, he endorses the swamp even to this day. Just within the last few months, he was out there on the campaign trail with Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is the one who said he wanted Bill Gates to run the World Health Organization, the WHO. That was Lindsey Graham. So I, it just it, it, it bothers me that people won't have the conversation and they try to defend him. How about we just ask him the questions? How about when you go to these rallies, you say, hey, Donald, you scream from the crowd. Are we still getting boosters? Are you still the father of the vaccine? Have you not recognized that the people that didn't get vaccinated are just fine and very happy that they didn't get vaccinated? Are you okay with your push, the $6.2 trillion push? He called uh, Congressman Massey a third-rate congressman because Massey wanted people to go to the Capitol and vote on that CARES Act for $6.2 trillion. He said we shouldn't do it remote. It's too big. We should be. We should go face-to-face. Our constituents should see us put in a vote to pass a $6.2 trillion bill. Donald Trump said he's a third-rate congressman. I mean, you can't make it up. Here's another uh, clip that I want to play. This is Glenn Beck and a guy named David Sachs. And I want you to listen to this conversation. And then again, I want to try to explain how I see this conversation playing out. Clip number three, three, Glenn Beck, ready, go. Profound failure of the expert class. It's not just, Glenn, that they've missed problems. It's that they've actually caused the problems. Yes. So you, you like and then Fauci, lied about the problem and then lied about it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So Fauci's job was to protect us from viruses. What does he do? He funds gain of function research. Right. You know, Victoria Newland, what's her job? Diplomacy. What does she actually do? Foment conflict with Russia. Right. You know, the the these economists who are supposed to give us sound money, what do they do? They print so much money that we're in the economic crisis that we're in. So. It's just like unbelievable that they're literally doing the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, just literally the opposite. And um, it should be easy to replace them because it's so obvious that they're failing. But you can't or it seems like you can't because, again, we can't get honest media coverage of, of the situation. It seems like we can't because nobody has confidence in the election system. And did you notice again that he used the term gain of function technology? That has become... Uh, such a widely thrown around term that everybody thinks that uh, gain-of-function technology is the real deal. It was developed in Wuhan and or in Ukraine. You have Robert Redfield coming out there and saying the Secretary of State, uh, the Department of Defense, along with Fauci, they were all involved in funding gain-of-function research. If you read that article that I referenced earlier with David Yidon, or Dr. Yidon, I'm sorry, Dr. Yidon says that he doesn't even know if that's possible. What they're describing, he doesn't even know if it's possible, and he worked at Pfizer as a researcher for years. He's a heavy hitter. We just believe it because we are conditioned. We start to take things as reality without any evidence that it's true. We do not know if they have the technology to alter these viruses and send them out into the world and cause, cause all this destruction because if, that is, if, if it's all a made-up psyop, if it's a psyop around uh, COVID, and we watched what happened, 
We watched how our families were destroyed. We watched how uh, the big corporations were open and the small businesses were closed down. We watched all of these things right before our very eyes, and we never questioned some of these facts. It is, and I think they're going to go at it again. You know, they're going to use these global con jobs over and over again until the American people or people around the world start to recognize them for what they are. Look at uh, global warming. You know, just on this whole, uh, this whole idea that the world is involved in a con job because the United States, once United, the United States gives away its freedom, once we just let it get chipped away so much that it's not real anymore, as Ronald Reagan said, the shining city on the hill, we go away, it's all over. There's no place to run if we give this up. And I think that people should be way more invested in it than they are. I think that people want to go out and have a good time and enjoy their lives, as do I. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't do your role to inform people, to be uh, be aware that you're being misled by the corporate news, by the corporate press. You have to uh, engage in conversation. You have to hold your elected officials or selected officials accountable. You have to bring all of these things to light. We must begin to communicate with each other outside of the corporate news narratives that they shove down our throat on a day-to-day basis. Um, if we get stuck in that cycle, uh, we are going to be there forever because they can come up with a narrative at any time to distract you from the truth, and they do. And that's all of them. It's ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, all the time. As Tucker Carlson said in the last show, I told you, he said, I'm ashamed to be a part of it. I never recognized that the media was being used to control the population. And I said last week, I'm like, how could you possibly not know that? Uh, Just as a casual observer, you could recognize that the media was lying to you. I mean, did he not realize that CNN was lying to its audience on a day-to-day basis? Um, He said one of the biggest disappointments in his uh, career was supporting the Iraq War. Well, the Iraq War was pushed on us by Fox News, where he works, and the Republican Party. And if the uh, Iraq War was all a lie as well, and they were torturing Iraqis as we invaded their country on a complete and total lie, saying that the Iraqis had weapons of mass destruction, if that was all done on the back of a lie, where are we at as a country? Because we need to look in the mirror before we start pointing to China and uh, pointing to Russia. Maybe we should look in the mirror every now and again because if, uh, if China was starting wars all over the world or if Russia was starting wars all over the world, and I'm talking about wars way away from them, Russia and Ukraine are right on top of each other. So whatever's going on there, I think there's more to the story. But let's just say that's a real conflict over there, that they are fighting over territory and there's nothing uh, nefarious behind the scenes going on. At least they're fighting with somebody in their backyard. I mean, the United States has admitted they have bio labs in their backyard, so it definitely gives Russia a reason to say, hey, what's going on around here? You got an, uh, uh, you have a country, a superpower, um, that is the, uh, saying they're the enemy of Russia and they're building bio labs on our border. You can understand why they might be upset. Uh, but nobody seems to question anything the American uh, government does. Nobody seems to care. Vietnam War, same thing. Gulf of Tonkin started on a lie. I mean, at some point, we have to have some real conversations. We must hold our, our press accountable. We must hold our politicians accountable. And we must start getting to the truth so that we can band together, so that the American people can band together, left and right, conservative and liberal, tall and short, fat and skinny, religious, not religious, doesn't matter. It just simply does not matter. We should all be very appreciative of our freedom. And all of the people that died to preserve it for us, that has to be respected. We cannot blindly walk off a cliff and just say, you know what, whatever happens to our kids and grandkids doesn't matter because it ain't me. 
I don't think that's the right place to be. Let me give you just one more uh, look at how this press works. Uh, this is an NBC clip with a guy by the name of John Torres. I believe he went to Columbia, so he's another club member. Uh, yep, Columbia University. Just check this out because they are again trying to scare the American people. It never ends the way they roll these things out and the way they talk about them. Check this out. NBC, John Torres, clip number two, five. Ready, go. The CDC sounding off on what it's calling an urgent public health threat, a highly drug-resistant fungus that's spreading at an alarming rate from just four states in 2016, as you see in the map there, to more than half I'm of sure Pfizer's going to fix it. Don't worry, Pfizer will fix it. While scientists do not believe that the fungus is a threat to people who are otherwise healthy, it can be dangerous and potentially deadly to those who are medically fragile. NBC's senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres, is here. So first of all, Dr. John, where did this, this fungus come from, and how concerned should we all be? And first and foremost, as far as how concerned, this is not the Last of Us type of apocalypse. This is not going to take over the globe and cause you know, right. Armageddon throughout the world, but it is something that definitely needs to be looked into because, like you mentioned, it has increased since 2016 many, many fold and has spread throughout the country. World Health Organization says this is a global threat as well. Problem is, it's resistant to common antifungal drugs, and it seems to be getting more and more resistant. It's difficult to identify to begin with because it's inside the body and, and the symptoms mimic a lot of other symptoms, and it's causing these outbreaks in healthcare facilities, particularly long-term care facilities. If somebody's on a ventilator or they have long-term IV lines in them, that's how it can get into the body. Their immune systems aren't that strong. As far as how concerned we should be overall, this is one of those things that seems to be spreading because we think of global warming. The fungus <laughs> usually doesn't get in our bodies because it can't stand the warm temperatures, but they think fungi in general are adapting to warmer temperatures because of global warming. They're going to be able to get in our bodies more and more often. Well, thank you. I mean, how, how more obvious can these people be? Now it's global warming. They just never give up with the nonsense and the BS, and they sell it day after day. If you're not aware of how corrupt these people are, I mean, you buy into these things, right? Global warming is the reason we have a fungal infection going on around the country. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 oh, it's just insane. Pure Cure Coffee. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Get yourself some Pure Cure Coffee. Uh, it makes my day every morning when I wake up and I smell that Pure Cure coffee. Fresh, delicious, multiple flavors. Get yourself some Pure Cure coffee. Once again, P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Again, if you want to hear all of the shows, if you want to go back and uh, kind of go through the timeline of all of the shows that I've done, I, I really try to lay out as much information as I can. I know sometimes it's overwhelming, but you can listen to the show in its entirety so you can go from start to finish, tie some things together if you were in your car and had to leave too early. Uh, you can go to the Rumble app, SR1, and search out The Rob Carter Show. You can contact us at therobshowhost at gmail.com. You can listen to the podcast where we go back three years and lay out the entire con job from COVID from start to finish. That is therobshowpodcast.com. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. You can find us anywhere. That's all I got for you, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 o'clock on The Rob Carter Show. Good night, everybody. This is SR1.